Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. How can you lead by listening? Welcome, everyone. Kevin Cruz here. We're going to hear some hard-won wisdom in just a minute. But first, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at leadx.org. Each super short issue has actionable tips to advance your career and fulfill your potential. Leadx.org. Our guest today acts as an organizational interventionist, employing lessons from his 25 years of litigating toxic workplace relationships. He works with employers to improve leadership, trust, accountability, and employee engagement. He's an award-winning author whose latest book is Hard-Won Wisdom, True Stories from the Management Trenches. Our guest is Jathan Genovi. Welcome, Jathan. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Happy to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you on, and I love your book. It's filled with uh, not just great stories from a learning standpoint, but you're an amusing writer. There's a lot of humor in these stories. I was laughing a lot. I really enjoyed the read. Well, th thank you. I mean, if you can't laugh, forget about it. That's right. So we're going to talk about hard-won wisdom in just a minute. But first, will you share with us a time when you actually failed, maybe early in your career, and what did you learn from it? Oi, uh, should I start from the beginning of the alphabet or the end of the alphabet? Uh, you know, well, I mean, here's one well, I'd like to say it was the beginning of my career, although in a certain way it, it was as I was transitioning out of the practice of law. I call myself a recovering lawyer now into more of this interventionist, which can include consulting, but a lot of executive coaching. And, and this was uh, me as an executive coach. And uh, this was a, a clearly a failure with, I think, some important lessons. I was working with the CEO of a large company, somebody I'd worked with over the years, well before he was CEO. In fact, he, I'll, I'll just make up a name, we'll call him Bill, had on multiple occasions said to me and others that, Without Jathan's coaching, I would not be CEO of this company. It's very gratifying, very ego-inflating, uh, and yet now I'm working with him where essentially he runs the show, and he's the chairman of the board. I mean, it's his company. And I discover, I learn that yeah, some, some problems have set in that I don't think he's aware of, and mainly it's that his vaunted approachability and open door policy and value that in fact it's perceived differently by others in the company that in fact there is some fear and intimidation and that door is not nearly as as open as he thinks it is and so I attempted to share that with him and to talk about a game plan of how to align what his principle is what he says he, he wants with how others truly perceive it. And he became very defensive and immediately pushed back. And I pushed the other way. And in the course of our back and forth, he said, I'm not, I don't intimidate people. I don't cause fear in people. I don't do it at work. I don't do it at home. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. 
Well, I, I took him up on that, and I actually involved his wife and adult children in the discussion. And I've done that in other cases, although I've much more nuanced way, which, if appropriate, we can talk about. Well, <clears throat> suffice it to say that not only did his wife and children um, support my position, they capitalized that on an opportunity to say some things to husband and dad that they've clear, they had clearly felt for a long time but had repressed expressing. Uh, the result of that was my immediate termination. You want to talk about firing. Immediate discharge from my engagement working with him, working with his company, having anything whatsoever to do with him. I should add, by the way, that over the years, in addition to the professional relationship, we've become personal friends. Uh, that ended abruptly as well. And indeed, I'll never forget the manner in which I was fired with three choice F-bombs lobbed my way. So, as you might imagine, a very, very painful experience, one that even though this is years later, uh, still causes me to wince when I recall it. In terms of lessons, uh, um, and, and lessons, I think there's three that have helped me going forward and maybe have helpful to your, your listeners. The first has to do with blind spots. We all have blind spots. How we see things versus how others see them. The higher up you are and the longer you're there, the greater the blind spot. And when you're the CEO, you're the person in the corner office. Okay, everyone answers to you, you answer to no one. The danger, that's where the blind spots tend to be greatest. And indeed, often with people in that position, their biggest blind spot is that they have blind spots. And so, but to, to work effectively with them, you've got to be very careful in the way that you translate, the way that you bring it up, not as a criticism, but as an opportunity for growth. And I think in this case, I, I fail on that account. The, the second learning lesson is, and I've since used this to great effect, uh, learning again from mistakes, is that even when it's a professional engagement, you're brought in to work with an organization or its leaders on stepping up their game, that very often critical insights and breakthroughs can occur if there's involvement on family members. And, and indeed, Kevin, I think one of the things that – perhaps the thing that excites me the most about what I do isn't when I get the – this helped our company or this helped me in our company. And those are great. But it's when that executive or leader says, you know, as great as this benefit was for our company, it pales in comparison to what it's done in my home life or in my church organization that I'm heavily involved in. In other words, outside of work, even though I make it very clear I'm not a life coach, I'm not a therapist, I work with organization and organization development, and yet how people will take those lessons and apply them. But again, kind of the thing that there is the takeaway is when you're bringing in family, that is very, very sensitive terrain. 
And I'm much more careful now in how I do it, the way I do it, the way I orchestrate it. Because very often, you know, when that executive, that leader finds out, you know, that not only do they have blind spots at work, but there's a blind spot that's been going on at home. That can be pretty devastating. And yet at the same time, it can be an incredible opportunity for growth. So that's lesson two. And then the third lesson is, and this was the one that's probably the one that was most painful in a certain way for me, is if you're working with an organization, it's not about you. It's not about the coach. It's about the leader. It's about the player. And I think as I reflect back on this and what went wrong, how I effectively you know, seized defeat from the jaws of victory, is I got too caught up with myself. And I think that's a mistake a lot of us consultants and executive coaches make. We get caught up with our own methodology, our research, our tips, our tools, and we inject ourselves into the relationship. And, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not guilty of it, but it's a check-in with myself is, you know, is this really about them or have I allowed it to become a part of, about me? And I think that's the, that's the other lesson, incredibly painful experience but it's also been incredibly helpful. Wow, Jason, thanks for sharing that. Literally, you're sharing where, you know, despite your best intentions, this intervention went uh, awry. You paid the ultimate price. It could have been an opportunity for that CEO, your friend Bill, but it turned out to be something different. And listeners, you know, one of the things that was most powerful to me as I was listening to the story was the emphasis about how this organization, organizational development work, you know, it's designed to make leaders better leaders, and it does have an impact in the workplace, but the real payoff is what happens often in their personal life. You know, I conclude my own talks with the point that yes, employee engagement drives sales and profits and all the, these great business metrics, but the spillover and crossover effects mean that our emotions at work spill over to our personal lives and cross over to those around us. So when we become better leaders, when we're more engaged at work, that ends up, you know, being better for our kids, for our spouse. And, you know, there's great data that's showing the more engaged you are at work, the better your marriage will be, the better your whole family life will be. So, Jason, we're, we're brothers from another mother on that one. Uh, it's like the interventions we do are, are maybe in the workplace, but the real payoff is just what happens in life. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. So let's talk about hard-won wisdom, true stories from the management trenches. And I love acronyms. I'm always forgetting things. You know, so I'm always making silly acronyms or little mnemonic uh, devices for myself. And you have a couple here that are, are really interesting. I dog-eared those pages. And you say that when it comes time to make an apology, we need to remember to use the Midas touch, M-I-D-A-S. So what is that? Well, the Midas touch was me trying to come up with something that I could help people, and as my wife would say, maybe help myself, so that I didn't screw up, and or they didn't screw up an apology. So the A, they made the apology, that's step one, but then B, they didn't screw it up. And I played around with various things, and then this one had stickiness, and so that's the one I've stuck with. I won't share with you the various other predecessors to it, uh, but it seems to work. And indeed, I sometimes when I speak to groups, I say when I'm about this topic, I say, you know, I think I'm owed an apology. <laughs> and it's by some people that have attended this program or read the story about the Midas Touch and then later shared with me how they took it home 
or took it into their personal relationships. And uh, a significant other that was headed toward either becoming insignificant or significant in a very different way, how it reversed course and ended up at the altar. And I haven't received an invitation. <laughs> My feelings are hurt. So I think I'm owed a Midas touch apology. Uh, but, but it's it's basically a, a simple device to organize and deliver it. And, and I've actually coached people in where I've said, you know, put a sticky in your hand and write M-I-D-A-S. And, and that's basically so they avoid making the, the but mistake. You know, I mean, have you ever been on the receiving end of an apology that had the word but in it? It just cancels out everything that came before. It raises it all because you know what's coming, right? It's going to be an excuse, uh, justification, rationalization, or counterattack. You know, but Kevin, I mean, you're an even bigger jerk. Okay. Apology accepted. And so it's basically was this designed to keep the butt out. And so it stands for, the Midas touches them, M is mistake. And what I say to people is it's not their mistake. It's not other mistakes were made. Identify your mistake. And a mistake has a simple definition. That if you had it to do over again, you'd have done it different. Simple definition. I like that. Okay. We don't let's not debate the terminology. I is injury. Okay. Your mistake caused an injury. Uh, and the fact that nobody lost money, that doesn't matter. The, when somebody's upset, okay, you caused an injury. And, and it's not if, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry if I offended you. And it's not, I'm sorry, I had this once where it was, I'm sorry if my comment offended you. <laughs> as, as if I should be mad at the comment, not at the person. Don't distance it. I made a mistake. It caused you injury. The D is critical in that it it shows that this isn't a faux apology. I'm going to do things differently. Tell them what you're going to do differently going forward. Otherwise, I mean, how many t have you been on the receiving end of an apology that, you know, you know it's not sincere, right? I mean, call up a, a customer service person with an issue with your wireless account and count how many times they apologize to you. <laughs> okay? How sincere is that apology? They never said what they'll do differently next time. Yeah. And so that's what I say is you got to have the D. Because otherwise, you're just like calling up one of those big accounts. and you know, You're hearing that same rote train drilled into customer service representative faux apology. What are you going to do differently? And then the A is for amends. It's a concrete gesture that says, I really want to heal this wound. And people say, well, what's in the, you know, is there a standard amends? I say, absolutely not. It might be a potted plant. One of my favorites is when I've offended when I'm you know guilty is I'll tell people in a different city I say you know tell your spouse or ask your spouse or significant other what's his or her favorite restaurant in your city and then give me a date time place I'll call over there and it's on my credit card that's great and and, and then when they say then they usually will say oh no no you don't need to do that I say you know what I'm not doing you a favor you're doing me a favor 
because I feel the need to make amends. And so you having a, a wonderful dinner out with your spouse on me is actually doing me a favor. Uh, again, it doesn't need to be a meal. It's just something concrete that says, I mean what I'm saying. I want to heal. I want to put this, I want to restore this, this bond that's been broken or, or put at risk. And then the S is real simple. Stop. Don't say another word because that's when the butt temptation is going to come out. And I've literally had, and I think one of the stories in the book, I tell a story about you know, the one even a lawyer can apologize. And it takes a little more work with him. I'll admit that creature, knowing it very well. Uh, but but I rem- never forget, if I didn't have that stick in my hand, she said, I would have blown it. Because by the time I got to S, I so wanted to explain. And I looked at that S, and I... You bit my lip and I gritted my teeth and I kept my mouth shut. And then what she said was, and then the most amazing thing happened, which is actually not at all amazing. It's actually pretty typical. She just didn't know it at the time. Was he, the person that was mad at me, said all the things I wanted to say. Pointed out the other mistakes that others had made. Pointed out that at least the client's position hadn't been. Said everything I was dying to say. And instead he said it and he concluded with, I think we can still work together. I think we, you know, I think this relationship can continue and be and work for both of us. And I said, let them say it. You stop. So that's really what it is, and that's how I've kind of hit on it and stuck on it, and continue to hear from people, um, and of course, uh, practice also what you preach. Uh, you know, I, uh, my most recent one was in the past week. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're saying it, now practice it. So that's really, uh, Kevin, kind of the background on, on this Midas Touch apology. Love it. And another acronym you have to say, uh, to communicate effectively, we need to use the EAR method, E-A-R. What is that? You know, this was something I read, it was back in the 90s. I don't know who originally came up with it. I actually tried to find it, but it stuck with me back then. And it's explore, acknowledge, respond, ear. And what I like about it is, and what I think is most valuable about it is, the way the letters line up is it's a sequence. You start with the E, which is explore. Open it to questions. You know, Kevin, how do you see it? What do you think? What are some examples? Open it to questions where the listener is actually exploring the other person's view. The A, the acknowledge, is where you conf- the listener confirms his or her understanding with the speaker. So, Kevin, if I understand you correctly, your concern about the new leave policy is X. Is that right? That's the A. Now, if you say yes, then and only then do I move to the R, which is my response. If you say no... X is not what my primary concern is. What do I do? I go back to the E. Sorry, Kevin, what did I miss? So in other words, it's only when you've confirmed with me that I move to the R. Jason, I want to pause because I think that's an important distinction. Your use of the A, the acknowledge part, you're not suggesting it's about that persuasion trick trick where we just mirror back or parrot back the words that the people said. 
you're saying you really need to, to paraphrase it and explain what you believe you just heard, what the situation is. You know, this is the chance to make sure you're getting it right. Yes, uh, exactly, Kevin. It's, it's not a right brain trick. It's, it's a left brain confirmation. Now, I tell people that you get that sort of right brain, feel good, warm and fuzzy, but the way you approach it is when you're in the E is what is this person saying that is of importance to them? And that keeps you engaged without thinking about a mirroring or pacing technique. Oh, I guess I better, oh, I better make sure I have good eye contact. Okay, I'll nod my head. I'll, you know, of course, where's your focus when you're doing that? Right? This force, this makes you focus on them, on what they're trying to convey. And, and so I say, think of the A as kind of your quiz. You know, the, the E is your homework, your study. And then you take the test. And the good news is, if you flunk the test, you get an immediate retake. You know, so Kevin, is this what upsets you? Kevin to Jathan, no. All right, flunk the test, but I get an immediate retake. Sorry, Kevin, what did I miss? Okay, so this is what upsets you. Is that right? Yes. Okay, I passed the test. Now I'm eligible to respond. And I think that's the beauty of the, the ear is that sequence. And also I think what you point out, which is the A is essentially so they know that you understand what they think is important. Brilliant. Very easy to, to apply, to remember. Jathan, before we wrap up, I like to challenge our listeners to become 1% better every single day. Do you have something you want to challenge us with? Mm. Well, this is one I think, and maybe just working off the ear since we just talked about it. What I would say is no assumptions, or as I like to pronounce it, assumptions. Okay, no assumptions. I mean, for 25 years, and I, and I tell people this, when I was a labor and employment litigator, you know, I made a living on workplace misery. You know, relationships that started out win-win and ended toxic, lose-lose. In every single one of them, there was a, a common disease, and it was the erroneous assumption about the other person. And these conflicts, this toxicity, this erosion of trust was all built on a foundation of assumptions. They weren't communicating, they were making assumptions. And so what I try to encourage people, and the ear method's a great tool for it, because if you truly follow the ear method, you can't make an erroneous assumption. Why? Because the A in ear is going to expose it. And so, so your R, no matter what it is, will not rest on an assumption you made. So, so, the, so the test, the challenge is to start with that. When somebody does something or says something that immediately causes you to form a certain conclusion, oh, there they go again, or that's good or that's bad, those are, that's a conclusion. Ask yourself, am I making an assumption? Or is this, and this was something I, I learned uh, uh, from Marshall Goldsmith, was, you know, is this just an opinion or is there empirical evidence to support your position? And just stopping and asking yourself that, I think, can save so much unnecessary grief. So that would be my challenge is, you know, the next time, which will probably happen for your listeners or readers in the next 10 minutes, something happens, they read something, they hear something, just say, am I making an assumption? Are there any assumptions 
underlying how I feel or what I think that I haven't really tested. And then that can lead you to the next steps, which are, okay, what do I do? No assumptions. Jason, what's the best way our listeners can find out more about you and your work? Well, I have a website. That's probably the easiest way, and it's my first name and last name. So it's basically jathanjanov.com. Um, and given that both names are unusual, <laughs> you might have to spell it a couple of times. Uh, but, but that's one way. Another way is I, I write a, uh, a blog column for businessmanagementdaily.com. Um, and that's, you know, if you, if you somehow reason the spelling of my name is just too much for you, uh, you could, you could start there. Uh, and certainly also Amazon, uh, for the hard one wisdom that'll take you and has, has links. Um, and I should add actually, by the way, a recent column I did as kind of New Year's resolutions was 2017, make it the year of the ear. And so given what we've talked about, if there are some folks that are interested in this and want to know more, I would encourage them to take a look at the column because I actually not, I don't, I, I get into the ear method, but then I apply it in certain different ways, including when you're confronting someone about problematic behavior and how to use it in, in challenging contexts as well. Friends, you've just been mentored by a workplace relationship expert, Jathan Genove. You can get links and show notes from this interview over at leadx.org. If you learned even one thing from the show, from the LeadX show, I hope you'll hop on over to iTunes, click the subscribe button, and leave a short, honest review. It would mean the world to me. Remember, until next time, leadership isn't about title or power or authority. It's about influence. We are all leaders. The question is... What kind of leader will you be?